Visit Arizona. Time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Warning, the show you're about to hear has been prepared by some of the best talent in the industry we could get. For the money. Do not attempt this at home. Doing so would only expose just how useless and brainless these people really are. If we didn't give him a job, he'd probably be dead. It's The Stansberry Show, Rock 106.9. And welcome to The Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We are rocking the bank with you 12 times today. I have your first opportunity at a $1,000 keyword under one hour from right now. We'll do it at 7. We'll do it at 8. We'll do it again at 9. Three times this morning on The Stansberry Show, you're rocking the bank. And then we continue throughout the rest of the day on Rock 106.9 as well. Holidays right around the se- right around the corner there. The holiday season is what I mean to say. And we'll take care of some of that shopping list for you. Now, whether or not you're going to be able to find the products you're looking for in the store, that's a whole other subject there. We'll, we'll make sure you have the money. Whether or not you're going to be able to find the product you're looking for, whole other ball game there. Inflation is going to be a little bit uh, a part of the conversation this morning. It's on the, the, you know, the tip of everybody's tongue, inflation is. Um, so we'll talk about that a little bit this morning. Product availability will creep into today's program as well. 9 a.m. this morning, Peter Scolari died, which gives us another uh, reason to examine what you could and could not make in the uh, world of entertainment these days. We'll do that at 9 a.m. this morning. 8.30, a new study has come out talking about the medical effects we're seeing with young women in social media. Apparently, there are physical problems that are attacking young women because of what they're watching on TikTok. When you hear this, you're going to snicker, you're going to sneer, you'll eye roll, you'll dismiss. But the truth is, I think this is probably happening. We're an evolutionary species, and not everything we take on is good. And so at 830, I'll let you know what some doctors are worried about, what the medical effects of young women watching social media TikTok TikTok videos and what's happening to their bodies because of it. We mimic what we see. We shouldn't be shocked by this. At 8.30, we'll talk about it. Going to talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. We'll do that at 8. Obviously, the Browns didn't play yesterday. Got a big game coming up Sunday. You got the Steelers. Baker's still in limbo there. Coaches aren't ruling him out. They're not ruling him out. Shoulder's not great. They're not ruling him out. He himself is saying, well, we may have to look at, I don't know, surgery now. They say surgery is inevitable. It's about when do you do it? Do you shut them down now? Let them do it now. Make sure you're totally ready to go for next year. Or can he play through it? We'll talk about that with Scott a little bit at 8. Also, Evan Mobley. It looks like the Cavs got a baller. It looks like the Cavs got a draft pick that is working out. It looks like it's working out. And that would be good. That would be good. We had Kyrie Irving, and he didn't really do much. Then you bring LeBron back, and it's like, oh, look at this. (laughs) These two guys, oh, this this might be all right. Sure enough, you win a title. They both can't wait to get out of here. So they leave, and you're back in no man's land. 
Colin Sexton gave us a little bit of hope, a little bit of like, oh, okay, maybe, maybe. It looks like this Evan Mobley kid might be the real deal. We'll talk to Scott about that coming up at 8. And, yeah, probably going to have to talk about that Cincinnati Bengals game just a bit. Joe Burrow goes absolutely nuts yesterday, gets the Bengals a 41-17 win over the Ravens. Super Bowl favorite, the Ravens. Look at your division right now. It's pretty special. Pretty tough out there. Look, the Browns are a good team. Ravens are pretty good. And it looks like Cincinnati's getting better by the day. Steelers, when they get their quarterback, they'll figure it out. Ben's just at the end of it. We know that. Hey, it's time to, you know, time to ride off in the sunset probably this year. Okay. Fine. I don't think the rest of the team is necessarily an abysmal dumpster fire. I don't think the franchise is a mess. I think they just got an aging quarterback. We'll talk to Scott about all of that. Again, Burrow yesterday. Let's just look at it. 23 of 38, 416 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. You'll excuse the interception there. By the way, Jamar Chase is wide receiver, 201 yards, one TD, and eight receptions. Nobody's telling Joe Burrow, don't throw to your damn wide receiver. Ain't nobody telling Joe Burrow that. What else do we got on the program today? Oh, fluid bonding. You've had sex. I know you have. Most of you have children. Are you ready to try fluid bonding? This is weird. I'm a pretty kinky dude. I'm into some weird stuff. You know what I mean? I've said I got things on my web browser that would make you blush. That make like, geez, dude, that guy's out there, right? Fluid bonding is one of these things at 7.30. I got to be honest with you. I read this this, uh, yesterday morning. I was up here at the radio station, and I was like, man, it is Sunday morning at like 8 8 a.m. I don't know if my brain is ready for fluid bonding this early in the morning, but I'll tell you about it coming up 7.30. I I mean, I don't know. I don't really have a dog in the fight. My dad was a little bit of a Maslin fan. His family was from New Philly out that way. I mean, he grew up in Maple Heights, played football at Maple Heights. I don't know what the hell he was a Maslin fan for, but he kind of was, you know, a little bit. He kind of had that in him a little bit. And we used to hear about it a lot when we were kids. I don't know why, but he would tell us about it for some reason. And, uh, you know, he would be into that. And so when I first moved here, I was like, all right. You know, I was like, he was into this a little. Like, maybe, you know what I mean? Maybe maybe I'll go that way. And then, you know, we kind of had a run in there. And so I was like, eh. Back to the middle of the fence we go. Back to straddle on the fence we go. Um, and so, like, I don't necessarily have a dog in the fight. Um, but I, uh, you know, as I work on Canton's rock station, I was reminding everybody that on Friday because we kept going, you know, we kept going here a little bit. And like I said, with the coaching change this year and the drama that squad has been through and those players have been through and, you know, what gets lost in the shuffle there a little or what can at least. As you know, you talk controversy and should this go on and should that not go on. And what gets lost is those are sophomores for crying out loud. You know what I mean? These aren't even college-aged men. These are, I mean, literally, we're talking about sophomores and juniors there. And so, yeah, I, I kind of want to watch that program come back. I do. After everything they've been through, the history of it, I would love to see that. But congratulations there, obviously. Yeah, you know, let's give them a little bit more. Well, you know what we should really do. I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna pay tribute to the Tigers appropriately, what you really do here is, is you got to give them this one, right? This is how you pay tribute. Don't blame me. You should have lost. I don't. I don't know what you want from me.
Sorry, man. I needed it on a Monday. I did. I needed it. Oh, my God. Keeping with the rivalry narrative? Going to my Twitter, at Sansbury Show, my buddy Donnie sent me these. A couple of photos from the game. First of all, he says, I believe the Tigers have won 10 out of the last 11 meetings. He's like, and Sansbury, look at these photos. Look at the masculine side of the stadium. Packed. You can't get another person in there. Now look on their side. It's empty. Their fans don't even show up. Jeez. That does not look good. You know, Sam and I talked about that a little bit on Friday overall. When you start talking high school games, that stadium feels a little big for it. Like it almost, you can almost lose focus of what it is you're there to see. I went to McKinley Glen Oak there and it was, it was like, man, this, this feels like the Roman Coliseum and you know, Maximus isn't grown yet. Like it, it did, it felt like a little like that. Like it's a li- almost too big. I'm sure as a player, it feels special and it feels cool. But, I mean, that's a lot to ask to, for, for people to, although when one side's packed full of black and orange and the other side's not all that packed at all. Yeah, I mean, doesn't this drive home what I'm always saying, though? That fans like winners. Right? Like, all right, Maslin fans, don't get too pissy here. But the truth of the matter is some of you are diehards and would go down with the ship. And if they were losing nine games in a row, you'd still be there. You'd have your popcorn, and you'd be talking about the old days. And 72, we were, I don't know, whatever the hell it is people say, right? And you'd be in there. But the bulk of people there on Saturday wouldn't. You know that. Fans like winners. This is the Ohio State argument. Do you know what the attendance was after they lost that game to Rutgers? It was like nothing. And like, honestly, dude, you could, like, they were scalping tickets for like 20 bucks on the side of the road. It was crazy. Like, that's what happens. Fans like winning fanatics, like real fans, like the team. Casuals like the winning. And so if you stopped being as dominant, like let's say your coach gets a better job, which isn't necessarily all that unlikely. He's pretty good, and there's a lot of schools out there. And so somebody could call him and be like, yo, man, like we get Maslin's got all the history, but we got a little bit of this money. You want to come over here and do this? And they yank him out of here. And now you're scrambling. And you have to find some guy in the first year it don't go great. Are your stanzas packed by the end of that season? My guess is no. People like winners. That's what they're there to see. People don't want to ride it out. <laughs> like, that's not, I mean, dude, if people like to ride out tough times, divorce wouldn't be what it is. Six, nine. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Just under 20 minutes from now, your first keyword that's worth $1,000. You realize Christmas two months from this very day, two months from today, you know, I, uh, I will parade around this studio like a pompous ass when I'm right. I do it all the time, too often, maybe. And I always say, so when I get it wrong, I try to lay bare and go, yeah, kind of bone that one. And I've admitted this before, but I think it's, I I think I'm going to do it until the year's over. I think one of the things I kept saying last year is God, everybody's talking about how long 2020 is. 2021 is going to be worse. My theory was like the fallout's usually worse than like, like than the thing that's happening. And I guess you can make the case maybe here, there, or anywhere. Yeah, this might be worse. That might be worse. But what I will say is this year doesn't feel as long as 2020 did. Nowhere near. 2020 did feel like a monster year. It did. It felt like a marathon. 
2021 is not necessarily enjoyable or anything. And there's plenty of things out there that are like, dude, still, or this is still going on, or man, we still can't get people on round earth, huh? And like all that stuff, right? Like, right? There's all that stuff out there. But 2021 feels fast. It, now, maybe that's about how long 20 felt. Maybe that's what that is. But I kept saying, oh, I don't know, man. I think 2021 is going to feel longer. It's going to be longer. It's going to be all that. And turns out, nah, I was dead wrong on that one. At least for me. Maybe it, it might be different for you. You know what I mean? Days fly by, you know, years fly by different for people. This year, man, I blinked and it's over. Like I literally said to somebody Saturday, we were out golfing. And one of the things we were talking about was how good of shape the course was in for that late of the year. And so then you start thinking about where you are in the calendar year. And I was like, God damn, dude, it's almost November. And like this course is in great shape for damn near November. And, uh, and I was like, man, it's almost November, which means the year's almost over. And it hit me again. It was like, man, you dug your heels in a lot in 20, man. You kept getting on that big I'm right soapbox so many times last year. I'm so right. Look how right I am. I'm so right. <laughs> Turns out, man, I was not right about that one. Christmas is two months from today. You know what Christmas is? Expensive. And that's why at 7 o'clock we'll rock the bank, give you $1,000. This story is money-related uh, as well. I've heard people tell me this before. This is America. There's no excuse to be broke. Um, and I think is very dismissive of how hard and expensive life in America can be occasionally. But the point usually is, is that there's a path to money everywhere. You know, you got, you know, there's a 17-year-old girl in North Canton that has 300,000 TikTok followers. She's making money. You have no idea who she is. But 300,000 people on TikTok do know who she is. And she's making money. I don't know how much. And will she be able to make a career out of that 30, 40 years like what you've done working? No. But will she make more than enough money to not have to work 30 or 40 years? That's out there. Is it a guarantee for her? No, but it's out there. I remember when dog walking became a thing. People were like, geez, people are broke when you could be a dog walker? And then there became pet therapists and all this other stuff. And I remember my dad was always in the wrong line of work. <laughs> you know, I mean, anytime my dad saw something crazy, he was always like, I'm in the wrong line of work. And I kept telling him, well, you are. There's no money in Jesus. He was a minister for any of you that don't know. Yeah, dad, there's no money in Jesus unless you're a crook. <laughs> like, unless you want to be a God's honor. Dude, just be a crook. And, and then there'll be some money in that. There's no money in Jesus. People don't care enough. <laughs> there ain't no money in that. And dude, unless Jesus, you know, shows up on Star Search tomorrow or American Idol, like nobody's going to care. There ain't no money in that. No money in that. And another way people make money in this country is by lawsuit and by frivolous lawsuit. And I bet if you thought hard about it, long about it, somewhere in your life, if you felt like being what is referred to now as a Karen, you may have had a case for a frivolous lawsuit that may have gotten you paid out a little bit. And this woman now claims she has hers against Kellogg's and Pop-Tarts. This is pretty insane to me. But a woman filed a lawsuit against Kellogg's and says that the way they market their strawberry Pop-Tarts is misleading. Okay. First, let's get this out of the way. You should be eating blueberry Pop-Tarts. Anytime blueberry is the option, that's the option you go with. That's just a meat thing. Blueberry Pop-Tarts there. Personally there, right? Okay. 
She, though, New York resident Elizabeth Russett, is suing breakfast food giant Kellogg's, claiming that the fruit filling in Kellogg's whole grain frosted strawberry toaster pastries is, in fact, not strawberries, but mostly other fruit. TMZ pulled the lawsuit, and it says the nutrition label that's in question actually shows that the Pop-Tarts are heavier in some other fruits like pears and apples than strawberries. So she took issue with this and is now suing. She insists it's not enough to provide the berries nutritional benefits, let alone a strawberry taste, meaning there's, they're not using enough strawberry there. Well, okay. My guess is dismissed pretty easily or paid a small sum to stop being a nuisance, stop being a fly at the barbecue of Kellogg's, right? My guess is small settlement or dismissed pretty easily. One of the things a, I would hope a reasonable judge is going to say is nobody goes to Pop-Tarts for nutritional value. We all know. Anytime the word, okay, here, here's a good rule of thumb. Anytime the word frosted is used, <laughs> My guess is we can throw nutritional value out the window on that one. And we all eat the frosted Pop-Tart, right? Like the dry-topped Pop-Tart is literally for serial murderers, right? Like that's honestly, that's what we should feed people when we want them to tell us stuff they don't want to tell us. Just You just eat this brick of sand. Eh, there's a half of a pear in there. And then like that. Like those are, those are not good. So you need the frosted Pop-Tart. She now says that the damages, she wants to be paid out $5 million. And on top of that, wants to see Pop-Tarts labeled more accurately. See, that's where I think you lose. That's where I think you lose the lawsuit right there. That's what they're going to do. You know what? We concede. We'll figure out the packaging. Because what most people don't take the time to do is read fine print on packaging. So what they're going to do is make a concession, find a way to fine print this, and put the product back on the shelf. Because people like me just want to walk down the aisle, see strawberry, pull the box, put it in the cart, and hand it to our kid. That's what we want to do. That's what most people want to do. That's why if you were going to file a lawsuit like this, I would never lie and say it's about making sure nobody else gets duped by the pears and strawberry Pop-Tarts. I would, first of all, let's stop pretending we think that other people care about other people. We don't, right? So like, just throw that to the side. We care about the five mil. So just be honest about it. Don't give them an out because then now what they can do is go, oh, okay, you know what? You're right. Thanks for bringing this to our attention. You raised an, you raised an interesting point. We'll change the packaging. And then what do they get? Then the viral thing on the internet will be, Kellogg's changes the packaging of Pop-Tarts. Oh, my God. They're changing everything around me. And back in my day, the Pop-Tart box looked like this. Blah, blah, blah. And now they got free advertising for the Pop-Tart on that. <laughs> it's a vicious cycle, man. It's a vicious cycle. And that's exactly why I would never tell them, no, it's about you duping other people. Screw that, dude. If I feel like I got a card to play here, I'm playing that card. But to the end of that $5 million, which she will never get. But will a company like Kellogg's pay off like, I don't know, 200 grand to make a fly at a barbecue go away? Yeah. I've seen my company do that more than a handful of times. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. On Instagram for you guys, Dan.Stansberry. Twitter and Facebook both at Stansberry Show. Still to come, 8 a.m. We'll talk to Scott from WinningForNextYear.com also. The medical, I guess, affects what we're seeing happen to young women who are watching too many TikTok videos. 
this shouldn't be all that shocking. We mimic what we see. For sure we do. We'll talk about this coming up at 8.30. Again, you know, probably should, you know, once an hour here. Throw out a little congratulations there. 35-13. Maslin takes care of McKinley the other day, Saturday, 2 o'clock. That's when that game kicked off. It was live on the air here at Rock 106.9. So congratulations to them. Another victory there. And yesterday felt a little incomplete, if I'm honest. No Browns on Sunday left me with like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> Who am I? What's my identity, right? And the weather wasn't necessarily great enough for golf, so I was like, eh, all right, I guess I'm spending most of the day on the computer, right? And uh, I watched some games. I watched a little bit of that, uh, that Baltimore-Cincinnati game. Pretty good there. Uh, 40, 41 points the, uh, the Bengals put up on the Ravens, who, again, uh, everybody's trying to tell me is a Super Bowl favorite out of the AFC and it's like, well, if that's, I mean, look, everybody has a bad game or a questionable game here, there, or wherever. Um, but it looks like Joe Burrow might be good. Like, it looks like he might be for real pretty good. And this division getting tougher by the day. It's impressive. And I think it's, um, it, you know, if you're a Baker Mayfield fan, like if you're a, like, if you're like in the camp of Baker Mayfield, I think you gotta love that. I really do. Because if you're, de- Tom Brady's considered to be the GOAT, right? I know a lot of Montana purists are going to make it about Montana. You know, oh, Brady's the system quarterback. Montana literally played in an offense that had a name. (laughs) But, okay, whatever. Um, But, you know, Brady, I mean, he just threw, what, 600 touchdown passes? I think the only quarterback in the league that's ever done it. Now he's played, you know, a generation and a half. So, like, that has something to do with it, too. But one of the things people say about Brady and his run is, well, let's be honest here. He beat a bunch of good teams, too. But he had a playoff bye every year because his division was a mess. The Dolphins were a mess. The Jets were a mess. They've been a mess. It's been a little bit of a mess over there. So in division, New England was basically just moonwalking over people. Now, yeah, you had to beat other great teams, too. You had to beat great teams in the Super Bowl. All that, fine, yes. But that's the point. If this division gets this tough... And Baker becomes what we think he can be. And he slays the AFC North Dragon. It only helps create the lore. It only helps to grease the wheels for, dare I say, induction into Canton. I think it's way early to say Baker Mayfield's going to Canton. And I think it's way early for that. But if this division becomes what a lot of people think it may already be, which is one of the tougher divisions in, in the NFL, and it's probably one of the tougher. I don't know if it's the toughest or not. You know, that's a good question for Scott. We'll ask him about an hour from now. Scott's on loan from waitingfornextyear.com. But if you want Baker to like go down as, like again, we always talk about the legend of Brett Favre, right? That Brett Favre was, yes, an all-time great, but really it was Madden going, that made everybody go, man, that guy's the best of all time. That there was narrative built into that. That if you would like to see Baker become that guy, and that's who he modeled his entire career after, he recreated the draft photo, I mean, the kid can't even have his own identity, and whatever. And But he wanted to model his entire life after Brett Favre. If that's what you want him to be, and that's who we think he can be, I think Joe Burrow being really good is an important part of that story. I think Lamar Jackson being really good is an important part of that story. I think the Steelers finding a good quarterback would be an important part of that story. Big Ben's pretty much done. We kind of know that now, right? Okay, now, with the Steelers there, I'm hearing a lot of people go, well, Aaron Rodgers, and it's like, 
I, it's like, well, yeah, if we're going down, Christmas is two months from now, let's go, you know, what you are there is a kid circling every toy in the best catalog, aging myself there a little, but like, that's what you're doing. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers to the Steelers makes as much sense for Aaron Rodgers and the NFL as it does for Steelers fans. I think for Steelers fans, it makes all the sense in the world. I'm not sure if I'm Aaron Rodgers, that's what I want. Although, get me out of the same conference where Tom Brady is? I mean, yeah, maybe. And and Rodgers versus Brady in a Super Bowl, I mean, we kind of need it. I mean, we kind of deserve it. It's Again, people want to say about Big Ben Roethlisberger, he underdelivered. We only saw him and Brady play, I think, once or twice in the playoffs. Both have been dominant in the AFC the last 15 years. We should have seen that way more often. Way more often. But if you want Baker to be on the you know Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks, slaying a tough division dragon will be a huge component in that. We might have to start viewing this as an opportunity. Now, they're unsure about Sunday with the shoulder, and I could understand it. I'm reading an article here from Cleveland.com that's making a pretty decent argument here Mary Kay Cabot this is, and I know a bunch of people just stuck their nose up in the air because everybody thinks she's a dope now because we have Twitter and we think we're smart. But, like, you know, this woman covers this team and, you know, pretty damn well for, you know, a decent amount of time. Well, I remember that one time when she said he was out with an ankle. They have two ankles. It's like, yeah, she was tweeting quick. Let her off the hook. She's making a pretty compelling argument here. That if this is the guy, and I think he is the guy, I don't think they're looking at the draft. I don't think Spencer Rattler is going to be what everybody else thinks he is, and I don't think he looks as good as, all right, now you punt on Baker to go get that guy. First of all, you're not going to be high up enough in the draft to go get the guy. So throw the draft out of it. Like you're just throw. I mean, if you're thinking about reloading at quarterback, you're thinking about a guy that's already in the league. Start thinking maybe Aaron Rodgers. Start thinking maybe Deshaun Watson. Start thinking about guys like that. In the list of guys that I would swap Baker out for as a guy who's moderate on Baker is not that long. It's really not that long of a list. I probably do it for Deshaun Watson, although if they're going to suspend him eight games for this stuff he's got going on off the field, which I wish we could hear more about, but I don't know the media is bad at their jobs. And so, like, if then then I don't know if I want to do that. But do I think Deshaun Watson is a more talented version of a quarterback than Baker Mayfield? Yes, and so does the rest of the NFL. It's uh, that's why teams are willing to maybe go get him, even if you're going to lose eight games with him. Ask Miami; they can't wait. <laughs> Miami can't wait to get Deshaun Watson. But I don't think they're going to do this. I think it's Baker or bust here. I really do. And I don't have a problem with that because I think Baker Mayfield is good enough to win. Now, he's probably the 7th to 10th best quarterback in the AFC, let alone the league. So you're going to have to play really, really good football to do it. But that's fine. I've seen where quarterback wasteland gets us, and I'm not interested in going back. I'm not. It's Baker or bust. So if that's your take there, and he's your guy, is Mary Kay wrong here? Then maybe what you do is you get the surgery now. This is literally why you paid Case Keenum. He didn't look that great. Okay, but you got a W out of it. Right? And that's what backups are supposed to do. Keep you afloat until your guy comes back. We know Case isn't Baker. I mean, he's 85% of Baker, but he's not Baker. So I'm confused on what I want, if I'm honest. Which it has me in a weird territory because my job is to definitively have an opinion. Like, that's what my job is. And I got to be honest, I'm flipping coins on Monday morning on what to do with Baker Mayfield right now. Because do I want to watch Baker Mayfield play football more than I do Case Keenum? For sure I do. Everybody in the league feels that way. 
Again, I've said, I think they're 85% of the same guy, but Baker has that little, well, dude, something special may happen here. You might want to keep your eyes on this. This kid's known for about twice a, you know, twice a week to make a, you know, make a play that's like, geez, did you see that? Like, he gives you a little bit of that, and I don't think Case has a ton of it. So I want to watch Baker play football way more than I want to watch Case Keenum. But that's maybe all the more reason why you shut him down early and get the surgery, because I want to watch Baker Mayfield play football. And I don't want to watch him play football just this year. I want to watch Baker Mayfield play football for the next 10 years. And maybe that's why you shut him down, get the surgery, get him healthy, reboot, come back next year, and get ready to really go. 6 9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. Two months from this very day, Christmas morning. Want to get an early start on your shopping? $1,000 keywords up for grabs all day on Rock 106.9. I have your second at 8 a.m. We'll take care of some of that shopping list for you. Maybe all of it. We'll do that at 8. Also talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. I've said plenty of times in here about the sex you will have in your life that I try not to be a moralist. I have done plenty of shady things in the bedroom. I don't necessarily feel the desire to do a lot of that stuff as I age or have worked through some of my problems. Um, I don't necessarily feel the need to run into the arms of anybody who will have me. Uh, you know, I worked on some of that, cleaned up some of my you know bad behavior and the like, and I feel as if I'm better for it now. But I don't ever pretend to be a moralist because, dude, a lot of you guys out there are swingers. A lot of you guys out there are sharing wives, key parties, doing all kinds of stuff, sleeping with each other's wives, behind each other's backs, all kind of dirty stuff going on out there. So I try not to play a moralist, right? I've been into some things. I've done some things. And it just happens. You get older, and it's happened to me. And so you miss out on some things. And you miss out on some new trends and the like. And I read about this over the weekend, and I'm still head-scratching. And it's about a sexual activity that they say is on the rise in society. I hadn't heard about this until this weekend reading this article. I'm guessing a lot of you are going to come to it for the first time right now. So the new activity in sex that they claim is on the rise in bedrooms all over the country is a practice known as fluid bonding. Now, when I hear about when I hear the word fluid in sex these days, I normally hear about it being your gender fluid, meaning, eh, you know, then these I'm kind of here, I'm kind of there, kind of in and there, everywhere, right? That's normally the, the where I hear the word fluid when talking sexuality. But this is actually about bonding the fluids of your body with the fluids of another person's body. Fluid bonding, the act of intentionally sharing bodily juices with a sexual partner, becoming a popular practice in bedrooms across the nation, they claim. The origins of the phrase a little unclear. And it's just, I know what a lot of you are thinking. Isn't this just condomless sex? Because that's what I thought. I was like, well, if you don't wear a condom, then yeah, you're going to swap some bodily fluids around. They say it goes beyond that. Fluid bonding. It goes beyond just removing a condom. Usually unprotected sex, they say, is sort of a casual, barrier-less erotic experience without communication and intention. 
That's a sexologist, Jenny Schuyler, told Mind Body Green. She gave them that quote. And I guess if I can expand on her point, what does she mean there? That, eh, we both had a little too much to drink. We know we shouldn't have unprotected sex, but, you know, you look clean. I look clean. Let's get in there and get dirty, right? That's exactly how that happens. God knows I've been guilty of doing that. She says, in contrast, though, fluid bonding is done with the goal of being more connected to your partner, not less. Meaning you don't necessarily want to do this on a one-night stand. Well, yeah, I, that's literally what condoms were for. Well, no, what they're for is, you know, so we don't have unwanted pregnancies. That's basically what they were for. Um, but, you know, I, I wouldn't recommend unprotected sex as a single person. If you're just going to be casually sleeping with your partners, I don't think that's the best system for you. Nor did I think it was the best system for me. I was not that I had never done it. Yes, I had been guilty of doing it, but I was pretty much pretty anal about that of like, nah, let's do this. And one of the evaluations I always made was, and people will laugh at this as if, as if it's a joke, but it wasn't. Do I want to pick up a kid every other weekend at your house? And if I think to myself, oh God, no, I want nothing to do with that. Then the condom goes on. <laughs> Like, that's kind of how it went. It was like, nah, dude, she's fun for Friday night, but I do not want to have to point to her and be like, yeah, dude, that's my baby mama. Like, no way, bro. <laughs> like, there's a thousand times, like a thousand times that thought process at a dinner I was paying for while somebody was talking to me and I wasn't listening. That's what I was thinking in my head. According to Inside Hook, fluid bonding with a partner is an active conscious choice that revolves around consent and intent. It's a term that describes a pre-established agreement between two or more people to intentionally go without barriers. In much the same way that two friends may, may prick their fingers to share blood and become blood brothers, I remember doing that in my backyard, fluid bonding is supposed to, be, to signify a deep level of trust, the exact opposite of the dangerous stealthing trend. For those of you that don't know what stealthing is, this is a little bit different. We, I think we talked about something a little bit maybe last week. You're in the act of having sex, and a man will remove the condom and then continue having sex with you. That, I believe, is the definition of stealthing, which is inappropriate. That is inappropriate. You should not do that. And by the way, it, my guess is here, women, and you could help me, at Stansbury Show, Facebook and Twitter, Dan.Stansbury and Instagram. But my guess is women can, if men can feel the difference of a condom, the the reduction in sensation in wearing a condom and having sex, then isn't the flip side of that coin that women can feel the difference in sensation of an inserted penis without a condom on? I would have to imagine there's at least a little, what's that? It's like the same reason why I can't buy into some of the pornography videos I see where it's like, oh, they blindfolded her and she doesn't know there's two of them. It's like, dude, that guy's penis is completely different than that dude's. Like, the, <laughs> she's got to know, like, hey, this one's about three inches longer. Like, she's going to know that. Like, they're not, she didn't get duped. She got paid to put that goddamn blindfold on. Quit lying to me. You know what I mean? This is supposed to be getting me all worked up and going. <laughs> like, it doesn't. It just gets me thinking about your lack of production, you know what I mean? And your lack of, you know, meetings beforehand to, to, of what I'll believe. I know what you're thinking. Just masturbate and don't read that far into it. I know. I know. I got some problems. 
I, I don't get the... To me, this feels like repackaging. Like I always say, we, we repackage now being selfish as self-care. Caring about nothing is just you finally being positive and living your truth. No, you're being a selfish dick. Concentrating on yourself and we've repackaged it as virtue. And this feels like condomless sex repackaged as virtue telling you that you're doing something intimate. When in reality, you're not. You're just being risky with your genitals. Flu- if you want to bond with your fluids, then be committed to one another. Be in a committed relationship. Don't sleep with other people. Maybe even get married. I won't necessarily put that parameter. I'm not married. I don't necessarily need to go that far, but be committed to one another. If that's what you're after, if you're after commitment, then commit. Then quit going, oh, all these new terms, we're not really a couple. We love what society tells us to do, man. We're enlightened. That's why there's 27 people in our bed, man, because we're enlightened, dude. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. 8 a.m. We'll rock the bank with you. Put $1,000 in your pocket. Christmas two months from this very day. I'm sure you could use $1,000. God knows I could. Might as well just send it straight to Titleist. <laughs> That's where it's going. But I don't know where you'll spend yours. Most recently on the program, we've been talking about fluid bonding. And I've said, well, normally when I hear the word fluid around sexuality, it's a being your fluid with your sexuality. Um, and But this is actually about swapping genital fluids while having sex. And they're calling it fluid bonding. And I don't get everybody's infatuation with rebranding today. That's a relationship. That's commitment. That's normally what, that's one of the benefits there of being in a committed relationship. We should probably have a responsible conversation about previous sexual history. Let's both go get tested. And let's figure out the method of safe sex moving forward. Are we going to get a vasectomy here? Or are we going to do this here? Are we going to, what are we going to do? That's what couples, that's what responsible couples should do. Right? And I would imagine that's what most of you did. Maybe not the testing part. Maybe just, I've been with them six months, they feel right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I haven't seen the herpes medication in the cabinet. We're good. Right? Like, I know, I've been there. We've all been there. And I don't understand that this is, this is being in a relationship that's being committed. Now they say there's not foolproof here because your partner can cheat on you, which means you can still get sexually transmitted diseases. And of course you could. Of course you could. Let me read you the thing here. Fluid bonding, agreement between partners to practice unprotected intercourse, the exchange of sexual bodily fluids. It's an agreement made by sexual partners to no longer use protection, a.k.a. fluid bonding. It can be formed any way you prefer. Some people may fluid bond only with their nesting partners. Some uh, close off their dynamics in order to fluid bond. Others, like myself, only fluid bond with one partner, regardless of my dynamic, meaning there may be an open relationship here. They may be swinging here. They may, be, And so you only fluid. Now, that I could get. If you're sending out your partner either while you're with them or in an open relationship out to like play the sexual like football field. And you're now searching for the one way in which your committed relationship could be special. 
because you've erased the special by letting everybody bang your wife. Like if you're, if you're now I'll laugh at that. Cause like, look, here's the thing I've told you before, just because you desire something sexually doesn't mean it's healthy. So I know a lot of people are going to push back and be like, yeah, you don't know. You think you know everything. You tell me, idiot. You know, we just gangbanged my wife yesterday. She loves it. And it's like, all right, maybe. And you, and, and, but I worry what I do worry that some people, not everybody, I, I won't, you know, use broad generalizations here, but what I fear is that some people in communities like that are lying to themselves about how, much, how happy they are inside that activity. And I think I've been guilty of that in my life. I've sold myself on being okay with things that I knew ultimately I wasn't, but I was like, no, man, I'm young, I'm wild, I'm, ha- I'm happy. Just raining eight balls of cocaine and strippers in here, man. That, that, that's definitely happiness. <laughs> no, it ain't. Oh, it ain't. It's a happy Friday night. <laughs> I'll give you that. It's a miserable Saturday afternoon. <laughs> it's a happy Friday night. So if you're looking for the one way in which you can keep your, your, your partnership special because you've erased the one way in which your relationship is supposed to be special to you, you know, suppose sounds mean. Suppose sounds accusatory. And the truth is, I'm no doctor. I have no idea what you're supposed to do there. If you erase the one way in which historically those relationships have been special, if you remove that barrier, I could understand you then searching the world round for another barrier and for a way to be special. This very much feels like what I'm always talking about with religion. Everybody tells me how they don't need one, and yet everybody's running to the internet to find their religion. I'm a this, I'm a that, I'm an ist, I'm a, you know, I'm in this. I'm in this group. I'm in that group. I don't necessarily buy an organized religion, but when this world, when this country started to turn their, their back to it, then all of a sudden, all these, you know, fake new age religions, all these new rebranding, all this new stuff, it all started popping out of nowhere because people needed something to belong to. People need community. They need belief. They need strength in number. And that's what this is. When in reality, you had the system. There's something about your sexual relationship that is different from every other relationship you have, and it's that commitment and the intimacy of a sexual relationship. That's what the difference is supposed to be. Suppose there comes that word again to get me in trouble. There's a new sex term out there on the rise. Apparently, I hadn't heard about this one. We'll probably talk about this one a little bit more tomorrow morning. A sex act known as soaking, which refers to when you have penetration, but there's no thrusting. You see, so you insert, and you just kind of like hang out. That's called soaking. Now, silly me, I thought the thrusting led to soaking. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9, online for you, WRQK.com, and rocking the bank with you one more time this morning, on this show at least, at 9 a.m. Every Monday at 8, we talk to my buddy... From waitingfornextyear.com, it's Scott on loan, co-founder of waitingfornextyear.com. Find him at the site. Also find him on Twitter at WFNY Scott. How are you this morning, my man? 
Doing well, man. It's Sunday to kind of get things done around the house for once, but, uh, you know, kind of keep football on in the corner, you know what I mean? Yeah, I had it on in the background. Uh, I was watching a little bit of it, but yeah, much like you, it was like, hey, let's get some of this laundry done, let's get some of this done, let's get some of that out of the way, right? And, uh, and I did use yesterday as, as a way to get some of that done. Um, but I did watch a little bit of that Cincinnati-Baltimore game. We'll get there here in a second. You and I talk so much football, Scott, and it's obviously, right, this is a, it's just football country. But the NBA has, has got a couple of interesting stories out there, and I'm sure you've seen this. You're more tied into the NBA game than I am even. But they put out a list of the top 75 players, maybe all time, I believe is what this is. And dudes are like up in their feels about it. Um, like People are upset that Kyrie Irving got snubbed here, and it's like, guys, he's never on the court, ever. Like He never plays due to either injury or now because well, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that, and like he's never out there. Like Kyrie Irving didn't get snubbed here on this list, did he? No, well, what's interesting about it is Kyrie hasn't said anything about being snubbed. Exactly just, right. That's a, no, that's a, because we're going to talk about that next, and that's a good, that's a good distinction, it is. You know what I mean? Like, Clay Thompson has clearly said, hey, guys, I think I'm one of the 75 best, which, you know, it's, it, it's tough for wings, man. It's, it's, you know, you could go down, you can go down that list of wings. And, and, and again, from a people talking about this online standpoint, okay. you know, weren't watching, weren't watching Bob Cousy highlights to see how good he was. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're, you're, they're not watching. Well, an argument I heard was give Cousy – this airline travel, give them these trainers, give them this diet regimen, what we know about nutrition now, give them playing no back-to-backs, and Bob Cousy would have been even better than he was. Is that some of the, yeah. That's what Chris oh, Broussard yeah. is out there saying, which is a good point. No, it is a good point. For sure. for sure. Yeah, well, 100%. I mean, it's just a different game. But the, my point more so is, you know, there's a lot of people out there who would rather random, randomly rip out somebody from, like, the 50s or 60s and replace them with somebody from today because they know who that person is. You know what I mean? And I, yeah, that's fair. So I think, I, you know, I think, I think there's a little bit of recency bias for some of this stuff. I, you know, I, I don't know why the league does this stuff, but here we are talking about it three weeks after the list has come out, and I think that's we have why. our answer, right? Yeah, that's why. <laughs> you know, um, you know I, I, there are some, you know, I do think, you know, Dwight Howard has a, has a case to be made. Um, you know, but again, I don't know who you take off. You know, I, you know, I'm, and that's just it. You, you know, do have to remove somebody know. to put somebody on it. You do. And that's tough. You know, and I saw, I saw, I saw, I saw the, the one argument that made, made a little bit of sense is, is Bill Walton. Um, which again, I think we think of Bill Walton as the dominant UCLA center and, you know, and the, and the happy go lucky guy on TV. And I think we just kind of keep him around and, you know, I, but you know, again, if we're, if we're debating between the 74th, 75th and 76th guys on this list, I don't know if, you know, if, if, if that really matters much, but yeah, the, the modern guys, I think you could play a whole, you know, need to play their careers out here. I mean, Kyrie's never on the court. Clay hasn't been on the court in two years. Um, you know, I winning, winning championships is great, but you know, again, you know, in the era of super teams, you know, is, is Robert Horry's not on that list. Right, well, you know see, what I mean? And, and, he, and he's got, and he's got, you know, quote unquote, ring, hashtag rings. You know what I mean? So I'm, you know, I, I think some of it, is is just for, for for debate purposes. So you know, shows like this or or on television, you know, can 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 talk about them sure during you know days where there's not much to talk about. But, but but the Clay Thompson thing bothers me. It does because like he showed up to the Warriors facility in a jersey number seventy seven, 
and said, hey, the they, sem- uh, his teammates got him that. It and, was hung in his locker when he got there. Okay, so he's like parading it around, though. But you can tell like he's in his feels about it. And I have an issue here. Yes, yeah. I, and they were, really they were trolling him about it. That's why like, he had that jersey. The, the, the thing with Clay, though, being bothered by it, I, it's not a Clay Thompson issue. It's a sports culture issue. While we were growing up, Scott, and look, the world's changed in a million ways, and I know I'm get-off-my-lawn guy here. I know I am, right? But while we were growing up, dude, a baseball player was almost outcast because he had the balls to turn his hat around backwards. Like, the point being is, is that while we were growing up, a guy saying I'm one of the best to ever do it while still in a jersey would have been seen as uncouth. And now it's these fans think it's these players keeping it 100, and I don't buy it. I'm sorry, I don't. At the end of the day, without Steph Curry and Draymond Green, is anybody thinking Clay Thompson's this good? No. They're thinking he's a damn good shooter. That's what he is. But you take him off that Warriors team and put him somewhere else, it's like, yeah, dude, that one guy on that team's pretty good, but that's about it. Like, right? Like, he's not necessarily, it's not egregious that Clay's not on this list. He was, he, he yes, talented, but benefited from the roster in which he played, no? Yeah, and I mean, I think, you know, I, and honestly, if you're going to give Clay a spot, you have to, you, then your next guy is like Paul Pierce, right? I mean, fair, who, fair. Who, ha, who has championships, who has put the career together, and I am and I as, you know, anti of a Paul Pierce guy is out there, but, you know, he has a much more complete career to this point with wins, you know, than, than, than Clay does. So it's, it's, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, these guys get upset about their Madden ratings every time it comes out. Right. You know what I mean? It's not, it's just, it's just, it's just today's athlete. You know what I mean? It's I think, just athlete. And I don't, think, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's going away. Okay. No, that's fair. That's fair. I would, I do want to ask you about the Cincinnati Baltimore game yesterday. Joe Burrow went absolutely crazy. I think it was 416 yards, three touchdowns, and one pick. You can excuse the pick when you're that dominant. What, who does this say more about? Does this say more about Cincinnati on the rise, or does it say more about Baltimore's not, as, not everything as advertised, or did they just have a bad day? Like what, what was your big takeaway there yesterday? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to door number three this one, and, okay. and, it's, and it's any given, any given Sunday. There right? you go. Um, you know, the, the Chargers and Browns put together a game for the ages. Mm-hmm. Chargers, Chargers come back the next week and get their doors blown off by Baltimore. Um, and then Baltimore comes back the next week and gets their doors blown off by Cincinnati, right? I mean, it's just, you know, Baltimore looked like one of the best defenses in the NFL a week ago and stopping one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. You know, I mean, the bank, or Chargers couldn't do anything. Right, nothing. Uh, you know, against that Baltimore defense, and they have all the weapons in the world. Um, and then, you know, but... Cincinnati just had their number to it yesterday. And it's, it's why, you know, to, to be a Super Bowl contender or a playoff contender, you have to have it every week. You know, yes, there's some throwaway weeks, and you can have games like you have against Arizona, uh, you know, but you have to have it every week. And we talked about it last week. You know, you asked if this Browns team was, you know, still had a shot. And they haven't played an AFC North game yet, and this is how the AFC North is going to be. And it's gonna be tough. you know, I, I think the Browns fans who did the schedule game early on and said, Oh, we'll sweep Cincinnati. We'll sweep Pittsburgh. We might split one with Baltimore. You know what I mean? Like that's not going to be easy. <laughs> you know? No, I, it's not. You know, I, you know, I think you, you have, you have the, at least you have Pittsburgh coming up here next week. Um, and then you, you know, you have the back to back coming up here with Baltimore, which not great, but yeah, I mean, this, the, the season starts now, man. You know, I mean the, the, it really does. it's two seasons. No, it, we know. It, it, yeah. And so, no, I think I think I think good for Cincinnati. You know, they got the quarterback right. They have the weapons. I think they were beat up for not getting an offensive lineman, but you know, it's it's tough to not say Jamar Chase isn't the real deal. And you know, so if you're gonna if you're gonna take a receiver five, it better be Jamar Chase. 
and 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 they and they and they, and they you know they 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 hit that number yeah, yeah so it worked out. but again you know but again they 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 play that game 10 times you know what Baltimore happens? probably wins six of them yeah, seven maybe, of them right probably. you know yeah, and I, right. I think I think Cincinnati just got got one of their three all right let's talk about the Browns Pittsburgh game just a little bit coming up on Sunday so um just your your personal thought is Baker out on the field Sunday or no I think it's going to depend on the the health of the tackles and I, I which and it should probably. I don't know how you you can't put a seventy five percent Baker Mayfield out there with T.J. Watt licking his lips with with a with a slap shot offensive line. I I just don't know how that's a recipe for long term success. Um, you know, I and I think not to say they're more important, but you know, hopefully the weapons. If if it is a Case Keenum game, you know, how's how is Landry's knee? How is Odell's shoulder? How are how is Chubb? You know, you know, you know. Clearly, Dearness can play, but. So yeah, those sorts but, of things are also important. So, but yeah, I think the Baker decision will come down to the health of the line because you can't have that Pittsburgh defensive line. Pittsburgh's beatable, very beatable. Yeah, I agree. But you, if 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 if, if it gets into a position where they could just pin their ears back and, and blitz Baker the entire time and make them do something, long um, day. You know, I think that that I think that's how you get them hurt. Long day. Mary Kay Cabot made a uh, she laid out a pretty decent argument in Cleveland.com about if you think Baker's the future, and I do think he is. And most people in the area do think he's our guy for the foreseeable future. That if you want to watch Baker play football, maybe the best thing you could do is shut him down early, get the surgery done now, make sure he's ready to go for next year. You buy into that at all, or let's see what we got here. I mean, I I, I have no reason to not trust this, this front office if they think that's the reason that's the route to go. It's fair. I just I just don't know how they have the information they need to decide what they want to do uh, contract wise, and, and maybe. Maybe they chalk it up as Baker's like, hey, I got hurt. Um, you know, hey, you know, did this year didn't go as planned. You know, franchise me, um, and let's 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 do this again next year and see how things go. Right? I mean, maybe that you know, maybe there's a conversation there, but I think that's what happens. we all know. Players, we, we all know players don't like to be franchised. Right. So unless there's something, unless there's something going on behind the scenes that I'm unaware of, which there probably is. Let's not okay. let's let's be real. There's there's you know these guys are talking all the time. So. Okay. I don't know. I, I mean, but and I'm also not. I don't. I don't know what the what the MRIs look like. You know what I mean? We can leave Baker out of this. I you, you brought up an interesting point here, and I'm curious of what you think athletes overall, quarterbacks overall would think. What would a quarterback rather have? Would he rather be called game manager or would he rather be franchise tagged? Now you're likely to be franchise tagged as a game manager, but what what stings to a quarterback more? The term. Game manager or actually getting tagged? What stings more for the quarterback? You think? Yeah. Well, I mean, game manager has been a, a something as a pejorative, right? I yeah. mean, we we use it as a negative word to, right. to, to 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 knock quarterbacks down a few pegs. Yes, they're winning. Yes, they're winners. Yes, they may have won a Super Bowl, but they're not. You know, the they're reason. not the goat, right? right. <laughs> they're yeah. they're not in the conversation. Which, you know, I. I don't know, man. I, you know, if you, you ask any of these quarterbacks who've been called game managers and, and want a ring, if they, if they mind it, I'm sure they don't care. They're going to say um, no. Of course they're going to say I, no. I think, I think, I think Baker wants to win. And I, I, I don't know too. if he, I don't know if he cares, you know, to be honest. But, you know, that's the, you know, if you're defining traits competitiveness, you know, it shouldn't matter what people are, are saying. So, but we know, we all know Baker, you know, well, reads, the, reads the clippings a little bit yeah. too. Yeah. He, he, he's competitive. That competitiveness Baker has in spades. There's no question whether or not he is competitive. That we can agree on. That's Scott from WinningForNextYear.com, the co-founder of WinningForNextYear.com. Check him at the site. Also find him on his Twitter account, which is at WFNY Scott. And next Monday, eight o'clock, hopefully on a victory Monday, right here on the Stansbury Show. Buddy, have a great week. We'll talk to you Monday.
You too, man. Take care. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show on Rock 106.9. 9 a.m. We'll rock the bank with you again. Get you a $1,000 keyword. We do it 12 times a day on Rock 106.9. Your third opportunity, 9 a.m. And again, I've been saying this all morning. It's because it's true. Christmas, two months from this very day. I've already started my shopping. I'm already... I'm done with two people on my list already. You know, that was part of that book I read, Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. And he talks about that. He's like, you know, people always say Christmas made me broke. And he's like, well, no, it didn't. They don't move Christmas around. It's not like it's in December one year and July the next. <laughs> they don't do that. It's the same time of year every year. If you start planning for it in October, November, it won't make you broke in January. It's actually a pretty decent theory, I thought. So, But we'll, uh, we'll take care of some of your shopping list for you today, 9 a.m., your next opportunity at 1000 bucks. All right. I, uh, God knows I've talked social media a ton uh, while hosting this program. Maybe too much. But I read this article in the Wall Street Journal. And it was pretty interesting. Julie Jargon wrote it. And she's making a connection here between cases of teens and primarily young women reporting new physical and verbal tics that they get and apparently it can all be linked to the TikTok videos they're consuming. According to her report and previous research, this development mostly affects young women and is heavily influenced by how often they watch TikToks from influencers who said they had Tourette syndrome. The movements are sociogenic, meaning they are developed socially. But they do have profound and real neurological effects. Some of these patients had seen physical jerks such as neck twitches or were compulsively and involuntary repeating words like beans. Doctors cited in the article noted that many of the teen girls with these tics also, yes, came in and were then diagnosed with depression and anxiety. We know depression and anxiety rises in teens with too much social media use. We know this. I don't even think it could be debated anymore. I think it's one of those things that just even people who are just like somewhat common sense smart can look at and go, dude, I bet that's not going to be good. Right? I don't think it takes necessarily an Einstein to get that figured out. The thesis, they say, is that this pandemic, obviously, as more and more of us got more insular, started watching more things on our phone than we were even before, which, let's be honest, we were doing enough of it before. It's created a new challenge in coping mechanisms, they say. The more young people were consuming videos at TikTok, the more the algorithm fed them to their feeds, and the more videos were affecting their own psyches and then behaviors. They claim here, because we consume so much social media, and that there's not enough research done on the long-term effects, that they don't quite know how far this may go. They say it's easier to neglect the sinister consequences of social media than to stare squarely into its eyes. Yeah, I can believe that. Everybody I know with a, with a child, and it doesn't necessarily matter the age of the child. Everybody I know talks about 
having at least some level of fear of what may be happening to their children with the rise of tech in their hands. And yet, nobody ever see. and I'm not on you, because I wouldn't know what to do. Nobody ever seems to know what the pushback could or should be, either one. And then furthermore, when suggested, well, maybe do this or do that, everybody just goes, oh, there's, that's not practical. It's, you don't understand. You don't have children. And so I don't quite know what to make of it. Kids will be kids, and they'll look to push the envelope at every turn. Even your, even your straight-A student. They look to push the envelope when they can. Also, they don't know what they don't know. Meaning at 15, I thought what I, I thought at 15, I was going to think at 45 what I, what I thought at 15. I don't. Not even close. That's why adults sometimes do have to intervene. But you see a lot of this these days. Well, I don't want to invade my kid's privacy. Why the hell not? And again, I feel like that's repackaging. What you're doing there, what I believe that is, and I could be wrong, is I don't want to invade my kid's privacy. Meaning you created a virtuous argument for being lazy. It's your job to get in there. I'll give you some HDS, a little Harold Dean Stansberry. You ready? Under this roof, boy. Because he paid for that roof. You have the expectation of nothing under this roof, Daniel. Nothing. It was his job. Now, did he know everything? No. Did I get stuff by the goalie constantly? Yeah. Yes, I did. Because my dad worked a ton and my mom worked two jobs. I was a latchkey kid. That's a whole separate conversation, and you want to start talking about that's why people got to get paid, right, so one parent can stay at home, depending on which one it is. I don't care which one it is. Yeah, I think that would better society for sure I do. You know, this is an off-subject here a little bit, but one of the reasons is, where did I see this? This, this, this might have been, was it Connecticut? I, you'll have to forgive me. I forget exactly where, but some, like, some daycare lady would like hid 26 kids behind a wall in her house. And I thought to myself, well, geez, like, imagine if we didn't need daycare. <laughs> imagine if people could afford to raise a family on one salary. Now I'm going way back even before I was born. But, like, it, I noticed that. When people mention solutions to social media, everybody just goes, well, you can't do it. Is it that it can't be done, or we don't want to hear our 14-year-old cry for a little while and complain for a little while, and we don't want to hear I hate you coming down the hallway? Or is that what it is? But if your kid is getting physical ticks. How is it that we put, you know what, leave the physical out of it here for a second. Let's talk the mental health aspect of this. How is it possible that I live in a society that lies through their teeth about caring about the mental health of everybody and then does nothing with to combat it? We lie about how much we care about the mental health issue in this country. Because if we did, we would all log out. But the fear of missing out, I want to see the pictures of my niece and nephews, I want to do this, I want to do that. And then, yeah, there's a little, plus I love yelling at my neighbor who voted Democrat. (laughs) 
right? There's that. And yes, the other side too. Pick one. It doesn't matter. They're both douchebags on both sides. Your kids are getting physical ticks by watching these videos. This is a little different than they're watching too much Scooby-Doo, which does feel like a very similar argument. Remember, Hanna-Barbera was going to ruin your kids. <laughs> I mean, that was the argument. And my parents, like yours, were like, eh, I've had a long day. Calgon, take me away. Watch some Scooby-Doo while I sit in the bathtub and pretend this is in my life. Right? Like, I get it. I get it. I understand it. Parenting's not easy. Sure. But when you can see it and when you can be told there are physical ramifications from this and the rise of anxiety and depression, you know, the things we pretend to care about in this country are skyrocketing. We don't care about this. If we cared about mental health, there would be action. We'll tweet about it. We'll go to the places ruining our mental health to talk about how much we care about it, which makes it honestly a little bit hilarious. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. We're at 9 a.m. Your third opportunity at a keyword that rocks the bank puts $1,000 in your pocket. Man, that'd be nice. Payday still wants six days away? Jeez. A grand would be nice. Got to hand it to you, though. Not allowed to take it. Not allowed. So we'll pass it out 9 a.m. this morning. And again, nine more times throughout the rest of the day on Rock 106.9 as well. Teresa gets in on the action shortly after 10 a.m. Uh, before the break, we were letting you know there's a report in the Wall Street Journal. It's talking about the rise of depression and anxiety in young women because of social media. And then it went one step further and said some young women are entering, um, like, you know, emergency rooms and the like in doctor's offices over, they're getting like ticks, both physical and mental, and uh, from watching these TikTok videos because how they're compiled. Um, it used to be called that MTV style of editing, that very quick and twitch and move. And people have said MTV is one of the things you can link back to the decline of attention span and how they edited and how they moved quickly and how they did that, um, you know, uh, w- w- was part of that process. I could see it. I don't know if they're necessarily solely responsible, but, you know, a contributing factor, you know, I, I could make the argument. And I was talking about how, you know, everybody warns about the the problems with social media and everybody will tell me that they're nervous about their children and social media, but I don't see a lot of pushing back on what to do with it. And I often hear, well, you know, I can't do that or you don't know what it's like to have a teenager and it's so hard. And I was like, well, you know, and I think there's a little bit too much of an initiative to be your child's friend versus their leader. Um, and uh, And whether they complain about it now or not, kids respect boundary. They do. I've talked about this. I had friends' houses I loved to go to because it was a free-for-all. We could do whatever we wanted there. But every night I got home, I knew I was safer where I lived. And truthfully, I felt like I was loved a little bit more because of boundary. Even as a teenager, I felt like that once I got home. Happy I had the place to go be a teenager. Happy I had my home to come home to. It's just true. And now as a grown-up, I really respect the boundaries my parents tried to show me. Not that they got everything right. God knows my brother and I got plenty past the goalie. Right? They weren't better than you. Right? That's not what I'm saying. They weren't better than your parents. That's not what I'm saying. I got We got plenty by them. I mean, literally, I just told you I was at my friend's house doing everything I wasn't supposed to be doing. But it brought in the privacy conversation. 
you know. Well, I want to respect my kids' privacy. I don't have my own children, but my unborn kids have no privacy, none. (laughs) I'm responsible for you until you turn 21 these days. So I'm going to be involved in what it is you're doing. And I'm going to be snooping in your room when you ain't there. And I'm going to be doing all that stuff. You know why? Because I'm responsible for you. And when push comes to shove, I don't want to be standing in front of a judge going, well, you know, i got to respect her privacy. No, you don't. you got a parent is what you got to do. That's the way I would approach that. Maybe it's good I don't have my own kids if I'm going to be that much of a tyrant, right? Maybe it is good. David asked me, because you ever hear about a parent doing this? It's like, I got a 13-year-old daughter. And she was too guilty of going in her room, watching stuff on YouTube, a 13-year-old ain't supposed to be watching. Okay? So I took the door. Like, yeah, dude, my dad used to take the door a lot. That was that, 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 that early on, that was one of Dean's. I'll take your door. Oh, what about my privacy, dad? And then you'd hear the garage door open, toolbox open. Next thing you know, he came up with what was needed. Door came right off the hinges. Everything was always coming back to me when I earned it. That was Harold. That, that, that was Dean. He went by Dean. That was Dean. Everything was coming back when I earned it. Like he would always call me boy. And I would always say, quit calling me boy. I have a name. I gave you that name, boy. I'll use it when you've earned it. Where are you going? My door. That's my door. I need my privacy. You'll get your privacy back when you've earned it, boy. I, I was always earning stuff. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that was always the thing. So, Dave, yeah, I, I, I have seen that. My dad used to take the door a lot. This guy went a step further. He's like, I cut the door up. I cut it in half. He's like, I cut a big, huge hole in it. Let him know. You're not getting this back. You're not, you ain't getting this back. Said, I had to prove my point. He's saying his 13-year-old's learning that point. He says, it's working so far. Yeah, see, my dad would have never cut the door. He would have never, he would have never ruined the door. Because what my father wouldn't have wanted was to be in Home Depot Bitching and swearing through his teeth about how he had to buy a new door. <laughs> you know what I mean? That would have just been another thing in the long list of businesses my dad should have been in. <laughs> you know what I mean? Anytime he saw the price tag of anything, I should have been a door builder. Welcome back to the Stan's Ray Show on Rock 106.9. Just rocked the bank with you again. Teresa gets in on the action 10 a.m. Another opportunity at a $1,000 keyword. 12 times a day on Rock 106.9 it happens. Yeah, it gave you a little survivor there. Little eye of the tiger there. Obviously, they get the win Saturday, 35-13. The game was on Rock 106.9. I was told just over 10,000 in attendance. Sounds like a lot. People were like, oh, it wasn't all that heavily attended. I was like, dude, 10,000? But somebody told me this morning, like, these, this game has pulled 22,000 at points. Jeez. That seems like a lot. You tell people in most communities, hey, man, a high school football game is going to pull 20,000 people at it. They're going to be like, what? No, it ain't. That's a, I mean, that's a lot of people. But I heard just over 10, somewhere in the ballpark of 10, 11, somewhere in there on Saturday. And Maslin did get the win. And that's what most people thought going into the weekend would happen there. They've just been a little bit more dominant. And we talked earlier this morning about rivalry and what does it mean. I think, yeah, I mean, obviously Maslin wants to tell Canton to suck it. Like, I, I get it. 
the first event I ever worked for the radio, so this is God's honest truth, the first event, I, I'm here, no, second, sorry. The second event, we I, I had just signed on, and I went to Maslin to do the grand opening, I think it was the KFC, like that we were doing the grand opening there. And like three dudes older than me all showed up in Maslin Tiger jerseys. And I went, oh yeah, this is going to be a fun place to work. Like this is going to, like this, this is going to be an interesting market. You just didn't see that a lot in Cleveland. Like the Ed's Ignatius game is big. It's big, but dudes don't walk around in jerseys in it. Like they just, it, it's not, it, it, it's a different thing here. And I'll never forget one of those guys said to me, he was like, I can't believe you live in that city talking about Canton. And he kept calling it Anton. <laughs> he's like, I won't even go. He's like, it, it's Anton. I, I won't even say Canton. <laughs> Jesus. But it does bring the question of, until McKinley's a little bit more competitive, is it really a rivalry? I'm going to say no. And I was rooting for the Bulldogs here. I was. They've been through a hell of a year. Those kids went through a lot. A lot of it, not necessarily their fault. They didn't ask for it. Kind of thrust it upon them. They became a national story for a hot minute. And so I've been pulling for him all year. I was like, dude, I just want him to win every game by 10. Like, just just completely roll every opponent. Because I feel like they could use a little feel-good going on there. But we just know they're, that's not where they're at yet. Got a new coach now. It'll take a little while to install the regime, get players buying in, start getting the right players to want to play. And, you know, we'll see a little bit of that. I don't know much about that coach at McKinley, but I can tell you this. A lot of guys would have had the team pack it in on them. That's what would have happened, given this year and some of the other things. And that didn't seem to happen. I don't know if that's his his doing or not, but it didn't seem like you know the players were like, well, here we go again, we're all screwed now. I don't feel like they packed it in. So I, I think that does say something about the coach there. Um, and, and I think that's interesting. And I'm hopeful that they get that whole thing turned around and it can start to be a little bit more competitive. It's It's a very big part of the fabric of this community. It's bigger for you than it is for me. I'm essentially a carpetbagger when you start talking this kind of stuff. Johnny come lately to it, not necessarily didn't you know grow up and in, in, ingrained in it. I'm from Twinsburg. For those of you, a lot of people don't even think I'm from Ohio. They think I'm from Vegas. We're not. We're from Ohio. My family's just lived in Vegas as long as I can remember. Now my brother's been there almost, geez, 25 years or whatever. Long time. But we're from Ohio. I'm from Twinsburg. But I'm not necessarily ingrained in the rivalry. But I do recognize how big it is and how special it is. And that's why I want both teams to be as good as humanly possible. Because I think it just matters that much more. You know, I got a lot of masculine fans telling me, dude, thanks for that, man. You got me all fired up with that. I got to be honest, that wasn't for you. <laughs> Selfishly, the survivor was for me, if I'm going to be honest. I love this band. Love it. And I mean, absolutely love this. I love this band. I think they're a little underrated. And yes, they wouldn't be as popular without Eye of the Tiger linked to the Rocky movies. I agree, right? That that's where a lot of the popularity came was the Rocky movies. But could I not argue that maybe they're dismissed as, oh, that band from the Rocky movie? Right? Dude, High on You is amazing. It's understood. I had to reach I love all that stuff. 
think dude, this one's not good. Now they were a little bit more ballady when they weren't necessarily making Rocky tunes. Search is over. It's pretty good. I like that a lot. Uh, don't be snickering at me, dudes my age. I saw you out there a couple skate. I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> I don't want to hear about it. You were sitting there just waiting to be asked to go skating around the rink. Lie to me. Can't hold back? Dude, Survivor's my jams. They are. Now, again, big because of the Rocky movie in this, right? Right? Eye of the Tiger? Right? All right. I think this might be the better of the two songs from the Rocky movies. Rocky Four? Dude's just running in the snow, pulling himself up on the in the barn. What does he say in this line? In the warrior's code, there's no surrender. His body yells, stop! His spirit cries, never! <laughs> I love it, dude. It's filled with 80s cheese, but survivors, my jams. Dude. So yeah, I hate, to, I hate to be that honest about it, but Survivor wasn't for Maslow, and that was for me. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9, online for you. On Instagram, Dan.Stansberry, Twitter and Facebook, both at Stansberry Show. Station website, WRQK.com. To reset 10 a.m., has another keyword worth $1,000, she rocks the bank with you. You know, one of the big things you hear a lot in today's society is, well, you can never make that now. I can never do that now. Man, can't make all in the family anymore. And then they put all in the family and the Jeffersons back on TV for a night, based pretty much with the same jokes ever and showed America that you can do that. And I will admit that there is obviously a push to sour people on entertainment. We're still dealing with the Dave Chappelle story. By the way, our media is still talking about that more than Afghanistan. That is a problem. They're still talking that more than inflation. That is a problem. They're still talking that even they're the ones who should be talking COVID. <laughs> the media. They're talking Dave Chappelle more. That's a little bit of a problem. There is a culture war happening. And there is a war on entertainment. For sure there is. There are proud people out there who are like just proud cancelers. One of the originals has come out and said, I've gone round the bend now, where I literally used to wake up every day looking for the next person to cancel and would create and get my entire fan base whipped up in a fever and have them cancel people. And I realize now I shouldn't have been doing that. So those people are out there. But you hear it all the time. You can never make that today. And just the other day, an actor died who most people don't know is like real name, Peter Scolari. You will know Peter from Newhart. He was kind of like the Alex P. Keaton of Newhart, like the, the ultra conservative sweater vest dude, right? And also from early on in Tom Hanks's career, Bosom Buddies. When we first moved to New York, we had a great apartment that was dirt cheap. And we found out why it was so cheap. Our friend Amy said there was a great apartment in her building. Dirt cheap, but it's a hotel for women. Okay, we made one adjustment. And they dress like women. Now these other ladies, Noah says, Buffy and Hildegard. 
but they also know us as Kip and Henry, Buffy and Hildy's brothers. I am uh, crazy about the blonde. <laughs> this experience is going to make a great book. See, it's all perfectly normal. And then they use this Billy Joel song as the intro. And that was Bosom Buddies. And I've told you before, Tom Hanks wouldn't be caught dead in most things he was in the 80s and now because of the career's gone so well. But welcome to it. And yeah, there's the very easy, God, how sad is this? We lose a guy and the only, the only conversation that comes out of it is how we couldn't make drag TV shows today. So there, that alone is a little sad where it's like, geez, dude, this guy's life, his entire body of work gets reduced to what you can't watch anymore. It's a little strange, right? But could you make bosom buddies today? I think the answer is no. We know the trans community is the hot button community right now. That's why Dave Chappelle's in trouble. It's because he keeps saying this minority group keeps leapfrogging other minority groups to the front of the class to be paid attention to first. And he has made the point, paraphrasing a little, I don't think that should happen. That there are other marginalized groups who are still waiting for wrongs to be right. And that you shouldn't jump to the front of the class. We should all understand, no, dude, these are all problems. That's essentially what Dave Chappelle's point is. He, of course, has met with some serious pushback on that because people who want to be at the front of the class don't want to have it pointed out. They, they skip to the front of the class. Let's be honest. That's what that argument is. So could you make bosom buddies today? Well, the answer is no. But would they make a version of this today? Yes. It would just be different. It would just be, we're moving in here whether you like it or not. And we're going to live the way we want. And you're not, and you're going to have to deal with it. See, in the 80s, it was rules were rules. They can't live here because they're men. And people would have went, okay, well, yeah, you have rules. There's reasons why we don't let 22-year-olds buy apartments or, or condos in a retirement community. Rules are rules. But today, this rule is rooted in bigotry, bigotry. And then we'd be arguing about that. You could make this today. They would just make the shove it in your face version. Versus the campy, here's Tom Hanks in a dress version. They would make this. It would just be you and I are the dirtiest, skeeziest, slumbaggiest, awful people on the planet because we aren't trans too. That's the version they'd make today. Unless you love it. Unless you scream fabulous. You're a hate-filled rage monster, which of course is not true. So could they make the same version of Bosom Buddies? No. But they could make a version of this. For sure they could. And see, this does kind of point out, when you start saying, can't make a joke about that, can't make a joke about that, is TV dying as I keep hearing, or are we killing it? I keep being told TV's dying off because, well, it's an old medium. Okay, that's what everybody said about this, too. I'm in market 200 and something, making money hand over fist. The industry's just fine. This industry ain't dying. This industry's just fine, bro. If my company's willing to spend money in market 200 and change, trust me, the industry's fine. TV's not dying. We're killing it, is what we're doing. By constantly bitching about everything we see going, this is the most awful thing we've ever seen. Right in the patriarchy. Bigotry. 
There are things that aren't great. There are. But much like George Carlin said, do you get upset at the radio? That's why there's two knobs. There used to be knobs on radios, kids. One to turn it up, one to turn it off. That's how it works. But you're seeing it here. If everything is this thing that's so serious, and oh my God, we should never joke, oh my God. Are you joking about this? Are you minimizing my experience? Are you denying me my truth? Then you don't get entertainment. I've been saying this during the Super Bowl for the last few years. Why are the Super Bowl commercials not any good? Because you ruined comedy. Because you wake up every Monday going, this hurts now because I saw this. (laughs) That's why the Super Bowl commercials are bad now. Because in comedy, somebody has to fall down. Somebody has to be the butt of the joke. The difference is, is that back in the day, people understood you're joking. Now, if you're willing to make a joke, it's your entire belief system, and he's a monster. Obviously, I'm going to be on the side of entertainers being able to say and do what they want to entertain. Now, I have said, I took issue with what Alec Jones said about Sandy Hook. That's crazy. That's dead kids, bro. You can't be telling people their kid didn't die. What the hell's the matter with you? If you make that argument, you better have it locked. And I mean locked. And he didn't have it locked. Not even close. So yes, there are problematic things people are doing and saying. And yes, I wish that weren't true. And I wish it wasn't out there. But explain to me how the TV and the radio is destroying everything while you hand your 13-year-old a cell phone and tell them, send them to their room with TikTok and, and YouTube. Bosom Buddies is destroying everything? That kind of joke-telling was destroying everything? I don't think it was. I don't think it was at all. By the way, cancelers, it doesn't get any more left than Tom Hanks. Make him answer for his hatred. Make him answer for his bigotry. Right? Was willing to make fun of the trans community. Was willing to openly mock it for a paycheck. Cancel away now. Oh, no? That's not the standard? Interesting. Welcome back to the Stands Ratio. Rockin' the Bank continues all day on Rock 106.9. Teresa, shortly after 10 a.m., has another opportunity. It's a thousand bucks. You hear a word, you text it in, you have a shot at a grand. I mean, it's almost foolish not to do it. I mean, especially since we tell you exactly when it's going to happen. Seems pretty crazy. God, I could use a grand. Nah, I just have to send it straight to Titleist. <laughs> I mean, you might as well just send it straight there. That's where it's going. Hey, buddy, uh, I'd like to spend $1,000 on these, and uh, I'm guessing by July I throw half of them in the woods again. Yeah, send them to the house. Let's see what we get. Man, I'm insane. Looking ahead tomorrow's program? Sure. Why not? Uh, I can tell you, New Tour Tuesday, I'll have uh, New Mount Westmore, which is like a rap super group. That song's called Big Subwoofer. I don't have I don't have that in the system as of yet to play a snippet. But I will have New Slash featuring Miles Kennedy and the, and the Conspirators. And I like Slash with Miles Kennedy. I think those albums are really, really good, and I don't think get enough credit. New one, River is Rising. We'll play you that. I don't know who's going to round out the third there for New Tour Tuesday. A little Slash.
I mean, he sounds, I mean, not exactly like Axel, but they're similar in the same vein. I understood how Slash could hear Miles Kennedy and go, well, I bet my guitar will sound good with that because, you know, there's a little similarity there with some Axel. So we'll give you some new Mount Westmore, some new Slash featuring the conspirators there and Miles, Gar- or my, not Miles Garrett, Miles Kennedy. And, uh, and like I said, I still have to round it out. With the third artist there. Do like to play locals when we have them at Stansbury Show on Facebook. That's where you can send me a message there. Also, Stansbury at WRQK.com is where you can submit your local submission for New Tour Tuesday as well. Other than that, done for the day. Not back live again until tomorrow. Y'all stay safe out there. Be good to one another. And meet me here tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. for Tuesday's program on Rock 106.9. I hope you have a decent afternoon. And I hope I get to see you around town. But before we get out of here, Luke asked... And so you ask and you shall receive after that big win, obviously, Saturday. Luke was like, dude, where the hell's the chicken? Where, where, where's the chicken? Well, there's the chicken. <laughs>